Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello. Hi. Welcome to But Am I Wrong? Oh my gosh, what are we doing here? Well, we're sitting to record the podcast. This fucking thing keeps flipping in and out. And if you would like to know what thing she's referring to, check out our Patreon. Check it the fuck out. I look like a trad wife. Um, but then I open my mouth and I'm a disgrace, a disgrace, a disappointment, a disgrace. A disgracement is a pretty good 
It is. All-encompassing term. And a harlot, a whore, a hussy. I was just trying to force Megan to look at this video of this fucking bear. It's a bear that looks like a human, like in a bear costume. Even the butt is a little wrinkly. So it legit looks like a person. And like there were, this happened in China, I believe. Yeah, China. And there were reports that they thought that they were deceiving people. Which is understandable because I also saw a video this week of a man that bought like a dog costume that was that. thousands of dollars so that he could go out into the streets and see what it's like to be a dog because that was a dream of his. Everybody's so creative. It's disgusting. It's one thing if other people know that you're not a dog, like, and then you want to be petted, but like the fact that you're subjecting people to this to with that you. without their consent is wrong. I also think your vantage point, your people are not like, I'm not worried about a dog looking at my skirt. Yes. But you're human. Yeah, no. Um, And I had to remind Melissa that I can't even look at the character costume, like anything, like a mascot. I can't even fuck with a mascot. Even like the bull from Chicago Bulls. Can't. I love Gritty so fucking much. Gritty is scary. I'd be terrified. It's not even a... There's something about it. And there are pictures of me as a child. And you can... And I assume that I didn't know that I had that fear until it was presented to me. But you can see that fear in my eyes from the age of about eight years old. Of what? I'm being asked to take a picture with, with a furry. cheese? No, with uh, someone from, uh, from a different entity. And I'm with my nephews. They're excited to take a picture. They got one of those autograph books. And I'm on the far side with Tara in my eyes, realizing that these autograph books that they said that we're going to do to work on collecting all day is the autographs from the people who are dressed like this. And I was like, oh, and I hated it. Maybe if you join the furry community, it could be exposure therapy. Um, Or not. I'm just saying. Yeah, I... I, I hear you. I'm no doctor. But. I think that's like a really cool and interesting idea. Um, And I think I'm going to pass. Why? Aren't we here as friends to help each other grow? Literally not work, at all. And work through our no. fears. We're here to hee hee. Ha-ha. I work through my fears. Okay. So when there's a pandemic <laughs> and um, my life, my safety, and uh, again, if I'm you, my... <laughs> Clearly obvious yet undiagnosed <laughs> asthma and respiratory issues are in peril, uh, as well as the other people around me. I will, with a couple months' notice, interact with a furry. That's the deal. No, 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 no. I just think you should do it. And I don't. <laughs> Anyways, so have we ever been wrong, Melissa? Not that I recall. And I'm racking my brain and none is coming across it. So therefore, if we've never been wrong and neither of us can remember a time we've been wrong, of course, we would have never been wrong to even remember a time we've been wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is the Pythagorean theorem. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Pi root square root. Please don't mess up where I actually gave the Pythagorean theorem. Amazing. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I have the names of them and I throw them out and I go, whatever one sticks and lands. That's one of my faves, I gotta say. It is? Mm -hmm. I like the foil, first in or out or last. That's what you called it? What did I call it? 
foil? No, oh. it wasn't even foil. There was like an exception to the foil. So it wasn't like a perfect acronym. So yours might have been the, uh, the right one. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I love an exception. <laughs> I love a standard. Double it. Who's that? What band was it that has? Exception. Oh, Paramore. Yeah. Oh, I guess I do know one of their songs. <laughs> what an intro. This is a podcast where we talk about how we've never been wrong. And because we have that impressive resume of never being wrong, we said, let's use our powers for good, not evil, sometimes evil, but this podcast for good, where we tell other people if you're being wrong. So we have three different segments and it involves you, listeners, audience interaction. Um, We tell people when they're wrong. We also talk about when we're wrong or if we've ever been wrong. We're not sure if we've been wrong. We have hot takes, rants, and we also do nominating of (laughs) Razzies. Um, that is not affiliated with anything. <laughs> uh, the candy. Yes, exactly. And we also talk about pop culture and news and things. But again, all under the umbrella of us throwing tomatoes. Tomato, tomato, tomato. Exactly what she said. That was perfect. It was wonderful. It's nothing more to add, except one of our favorite parts of the show is in all of our segments, we pose the question and we answer who's wrong, who's not wrong. And you can vote on all of those as well on our Instagram story. So if you head on over there, those are usually up. This episode's up Thursday. It's usually up Friday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday, and sometimes Monday. I gave a wide berth. Okay. Is that how you say that phrase? Mm-hmm. Cool. It's a lot of phrases I say wrong. I don't know if it was used correctly. but Like haphazard? It's haphazard? Had no clue. For years. You know the worst one, though. What? how I thought kiosk was pronounced until I was in college. How do you think it was pronounced? Kike? Where does that letter come from? And this was the discovery of, Megan, you not being able to spell into adulthood is not a lack of trying. It is, in fact, a learning disability. (laughs) And you might like to read. That does not mean that your brain is uh, understanding the, the, uh, the correct arrangement and order of said letters or which letters are there and aren't there Hmm. so shall we get into our first segment i think that sounds like a wonderful idea melissa our first segment is called but am i wrong as megan already mentioned this is when we pick things from our own lives they can be rants they can be times we were wrong but when does that happen they can just be things that are just on our heart that we just want to talk about yeah so my hot take is Something that is heavy on my mind as the day we're recording this. This has already happened by the time you're listening to this. But the week that we're recording this, like I am going to the Taylor Swift concert. You are? I am. Did you, I have not talked about it at all. No one knows. This has been on my like short list or long list of things to talk about on the podcast for a long time. And Melissa was like, every time I've like not known what to do, and this has been one of them. You were like, oh, maybe this is more topical. And then finally, last week, I was like, do I do this or this? And you go, well, you're going to a concert. So I feel like this would be a good time. And here we are. So my hot take is normalize sitting at concerts. Hell yeah. Like, I, the idea that the longer you are standing on your feet is an indicator of how much of a fan you are or how much you deserve to be there. First of all, ableist. Second of all, uh, bullshit. And... No, just 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 no. It's not 
a practical expectation. But the issue is, if everybody's standing up and you sit down, you can't see anything based on how the stadiums are configured. Or how tall you are. That is also true. And I would like to take us back to the first sitting concert I ever experienced. It was in high school. Was it the Jonas Brothers? Of course not. Unless I, that's where I'm pretty sure I lost some of my hearing and why I ordered earplugs for this concert. That one was not that. Weren't you sitting at a Jonas Brothers concert? Like sitting? Recently. Like their most recent. I was leaning. I was tired. But <laughs> I was that was I was also a very small and intimate gathering. And I was leaning. Okay. So the first sitting concert I ever went to was Fleet Foxes in high school. What's that? Exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) I love them. But I had gone to, I mean, I grew up going to concerts. Like I grew up going to Grateful Dead, like tributes. You're a deadhead? As a child, yes. So I like grew up going to like a lot of musical stuff. So like by the time that I was picking my own concerts, it was like our county fair or Jonas Brothers. So I, I, I had done a lot. So I didn't know much about sitting at concerts unless it was like a festival. And I get there and their music is chill, folky, kind of indie music. I had thought about it like before I get to the concert, I'm like, what's this vibe going to be like? Because this isn't like Jonas Brothers, like whipping my bra off being, I didn't actually do that. But like I go and everybody is sitting, which shocked me. And I get up there and it's, I think we're in Oakland and like one of like the nice old theater. And it's not like so, so, so big. And we're all just sitting and enjoying and watching. And I was like, this is a fucking superior experience specifically for this kind of music. And then the more I thought about it, the other, the more things I went to, I even went to a football soccer game in the UK and Mott's bought and didn't tell, accidentally forgot to tell me that he bought standing room only tickets, which I was like, I have to stand for an entire fucking football game? Like, you're kidding me. And I just realized that sitting is underrated. Mm -hmm. And we sit all the time. We sit in our work life a lot of the time. We sit in our personal life. Maybe you sit not at work, but you sit on your off time. We love sitting. Sitting is great. Stretching our legs is also great. But why would we build an entire fucking stadium or arena, have assigned seats, and then never put or took us into those seats. I think it is disrespectful for the architects of these fine establishments. And the fact that not everything is standing room only, and we should be able to sit, enjoy, and be cautiously aware of the people around us. So if everybody is sitting, don't be the only one standing. People are standing in another area. Maybe you, maybe you like, you know, hop, hop, hop over, over in that area. If everybody is all standing and you're the one sitting down, you know, make sure that you're aware of if you're blocking a view, all of that. So we can all have a concert experience that involves sitting either for the entire time or for a large portion of it. And you should not be singled out as you're not real fans if you sit. And I saw that specifically. Taylor Swift, I know for a fact that like this is literally half the reason why I got beta blockers because I was like, my doctor, sir, I, the the Swifties will just trample all over me. Like they're not going to let me sit down. But when I saw 
the discourse about Beyonce in, I think it was Sweden where it was the, was it Sweden? It was, mm, I think so. Sam, it was one of the Scandinavian countries and people were saying that they were not actually real fans because they were sitting. And that's not true. No. Let people say it. I hate, hate standing, period. Standing in a concert, also bad because... You're not moving. You're not moving, but also people are more inclined to, like, be touching. I know. I. It's gross. And you get way closer than you need to be. Also, because you're not actually sitting in your seat, some people, like are in your row that yeah. aren't supposed to be there mm -hmm. and you can't really tell, but that's why everybody's so tight together. That's very true. It's so annoying. Also, height-wise for you, yes, people yeah. lift their arms, then you get, depending on how tall they are, you can also just get, woo, and you get pit. Yes, and I prefer when it's not like a seat seat or when it's a bench because mm -hmm. then I can just stand up on the bench. Oh, yeah. That's usually what I do, but sometimes when it's a seat seat, terrible. Yeah, I wish stadiums and like music venues were built in a way where people could stand and people could sit. And there was like, I think it's also because a lot of places don't have like standing room only or like pit anymore mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, it's just going to be crazy expensive. But I think like if you want to stand, you should be able to buy those tickets. And if you want to sit, you should be able to buy a sitting ticket. And if you want a stand and sit ticket you buy you know there's it's a combo in an area and then everything you get a good view from yeah. that way especially because it's different like accessibility seats and those ones depending on where they are in the stadium can be already like an obstructed or not great view depending on where's the easiest spot for them to build that in existing stadiums mm -hmm. but then also then you might be around people who are then getting your obstructing your view even if you could have seen before mm -hmm. so all right my turn take it away well 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 we are gathered here today <laughs> gathered here today in the smack dab middle middle of summer many people think that summer's over in a couple weeks that's when the children start returning to school but that's not the case it's not summer does not end until September 22nd or 23rd. And I thoroughly believe that we should be still celebrating summer. And I, the song of the summer has been out for a while, which is, give me one margarita, I'm gonna open my legs. And they just dropped the remix, which we watched earlier, Fire. And I think, not to interject, we also, we've got a couple songs, like there's, a couple good songs that I need song. more I need more of summer to enjoy all of the songs yes yes but I just feel like that's like prime summer it is because the whole the story that song really has a story to it. it takes you from the beginning all the way to the end yes tells you a tale I, I like when you know very um right-wing Christians are upstaged by left-wing Christians because Perry we Joe. get this <laughs> <laughs> I also love songs that have instructions. Yeah. So when it goes cha-cha real smooth, I'll cha-cha real smooth. When it goes one margarita, I'm open my legs. Are I'll you going to spread them? Open my legs. Well, what, what I'm talking about today has really nothing to do with instructions. It has more to do with clothing. And Where the fuck is this going, dude? <laughs> since it's summertime. <laughs> At first I thought you were done after you were like summer, September. I was like, 
Amazing. Since it's summertime and we still have almost two months to enjoy this time, I need to see, if you're somebody that dressed feminine, I need you to see you in sundresses, no no draws. A slutty little sundress. I need, I need, and I don't, a sundress looks good on anybody's body type. Yeah. If you're short like me, I like to tie the bottom of it a little bit. Cute. Yeah. Have them cheeks out. Wear your sundress everywhere. Look cute. I haven't seen enough of them this year. Sundresses or ass cheeks? Both. Fat. Like on it. True. Yeah. yeah. And if you are somebody that dressed masculine, I need you to get them thighs out. Pull them out of show, fucking hibernation. And show me them fucking hoochie daddy shorts. Cause that 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 thigh meat got a jiggle. I want no longer than five inches. No. As a huge proponent of the men having thighs mm-hmm. club. I, I mean, I love feminine thighs, but from a sexual perspective. Yes. And not even just for, from a personal preference, but also from a fashion, mm-hmm. aesthetic, proportion standpoint. Mm-hmm. I need you to know if you're wearing some knee length cargo shorts. Absolutely not. That even, you might have the thinnest neck in the world, thick neck energy. That to me, you've got a tackle box. Bait, you're getting fish, but you're not even catching the fish, to, good fish to eat. Like, it's just, hike them up. Yeah, like, you can roll them. Like, even if you're like, you're like oh, I don't have them thick thighs. Roll them matter. up a little bit. Roll them up. All thighs, any size. All thighs matter. Like, but give them, let me see them knees. Let me see that thigh. Let me, let me see the bottom of your boxers just peeking out a little bit. You know? Yeah, let me think. How are you going to, like, that looks like a precarious situation. Uh-huh. Let me let me wonder about the physics Sl- of this. Slut yourself out, baby. Slut it out. Be the whore that you were meant to be. It's summertime, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we were on a drive yesterday, and we were just seeing people in shorts, and I literally, I just kept being like, good shorts, bad shorts. <laughs> like, not to their face, but I was like, oh, good ones, bad. And I saw someone who was, it was as if they had been, planted there they were giving a my preferable you know decade 70s reference of kind of more of the athletic like Mm. little piping Mm -hmm. on the shorts Mm -hmm. and then they had a a t-shirt but it was like not fully cropped muscle tee but like crop like just a handmade kind of Mm. almost cap sleeve Mm -hmm. loose if they had their little belly out too well they when they when they when they were like they started running Mm. and they were like it was, it was one of those things too that like, you know, when you see someone, you know that they're like, I mean, I do this when you're like, I my fits fire. And like, mm-hmm. they're just, I don't even know if they're listening to music, but I'm like, I could probably pick the song that you are walking to the pace of in your head. Cause mm-hmm. you're just like having so much fun and you're loving this. And it's a summer vibe. Like you're in the opening credits of your own sequence of a movie. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're mess, my next goal is to bring back the halter tops too. I but I do, I also do love a little ankle showing. Oh, yeah. I love an ankle. I also love a short short and a high sock, though. See, I love a, a, a short short and low or no sock. If I can see your, your slutty little ankles mm. or like if you're wearing like the the loafers, but not, like summer loafers where they're not hot and your feet are your sweating. Your fucking south side is yeah. coming out. This is so, she went, you want an above. 
bare bare feet in a boat <laughs> shoe. <laughs> a summer loafer most that's a boat shoe. Not a boat one. Was it, that's Not a boat. necessarily a boat one. What a wicker? Maybe. Okay. A Jesus Maybe. sandal? Absolutely not. I do not need to see okay, your toes. A closed toed Jesus ballet flat? Yeah, like one of those. <laughs> hmm Well, I'm with you. I'm stand with you. Thank you. On this immensely. Thank you. And I recommend to anyone who is dating, anyone who dresses masculine or mask adjacent or likes likes that kind of uh vibe, to encourage your specifically, I would say, romantic and sexual partners. Mm-hmm. But even if it's just a friend, oh, totally. the other the rest of us want to see it too. Without a doubt. But I fi- I've been telling Mats forever that I need him to get some shorter shorts. And, and I it was, told you to. Uh-huh. And it was always in like, you know, it was in, in the hypothetical, like in discussing it. And finally, we were out shopping and I lifted some up and I said, try these on. And he got some and he was like, I don't know. You know I kept the receipt and he tried them on. I was dying. And now he walks around. He, the second he puts them on, he's like, he because kn- he didn't realize. He goes, oh, the 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 audience response mm-hmm. of one mm-hmm. makes all of this like, okay, now I really like this. And he likes all of his outfits more. And he's like, oh, you're right. The whole proportions of this make all of this look better. And I was like, told you. And I'm just hoping we're inching that inseam up. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Seven, uh, five. Great. Seven is three. three. Depending on what you're doing. Or you, or you have ever told you the story about <laughs> if you have a huge dick, stay with five. Okay. Or if you are in a, a spin class, Kyle and I went. Absolutely. That's not the time. So don't have it be that short, especially in public. Unless you're like at a party and that's a vibe. Yeah. But like, unless you put on the invitation, like I might show you my ball. I don't want to see it. Unless you're a close friend and it was an accident. But like, you know, it happens. If you're going to a bone broth party. I'll never be the same. That's a <laughs> reference to our Instagram. Check it out. Well, Wonderful. Amazing. All right. We're going to take a break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited Uh, for someone who like, (laughs) you know, the ease of getting into a book. A lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you 
and listed it as 45 of the must-read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller, and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> when I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns, but that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. my break and now it's time for our next segment which is but are you wrong and this is where you send in your qualms predicaments the things happening and you ask am i wrong and we tell you if you are the hero or the villain in your story so happy under 300 words we do ask that you include ages if you would like to include pronouns please do give us as much information as possible again under 300 words so we can you know correctly uh smack the gavel when we need to smack the gavel I guess you smack the gavel for either, right? Like, order, order. Mm -hmm. Or guilty, or not guilty, and then adjourned. Anyways. Do you smack it when the guilty and not guilty <laughs> is being read? No, I think I'm just being dramatic. <laughs> just adding or a flair. Or in session. Yeah, it's that. So send it to buttamywrongpot at gmail.com. Hi, love the show. My fiance and I are getting married this fall. We, like many couples, have placed a no kids rule with the exception for six of our siblings' kids, our nieces and nephews as there are about 30 kids outside his immediate family and we simply cannot accommodate everyone. Everyone understands the rule except for my cousin. She and her husband went behind our backs and talked shit about us and tried to bully and manipulate my mom into, into talking me into allowing them. Not once have they asked or expressed to us how they feel directly to us. Am I, I am just finding out through other people. Am I wrong for not making an exception? Thank you. No. No, you're not wrong at all for making an exception. It doesn't surprise me that they're talking about it to someone else because I think you'd also be annoyed if they were talking to you about this, you mm -hmm. know? So I think everyone should know if you're having a wedding, uh, some people like your decisions are not going to make everybody happy. People will talk about your wedding. They'll talk about your wedding in a positive way. They'll talk about your wedding in a negative way. They'll talk about everything in a positive and a negative sense, no matter what, what you'll do. You can't please everyone. So as long as you're cool, like you're cool with that, but knowing that what you do, other people might not be cool with, <laughs> but you have to be cool with that. So I don't think you're wrong at all. I do think it's hard because... At a certain point, if there's like, let's say there's like 10 kids with those siblings or like 12, if they're each have two, 12 to 30, 12 already feels like a lot of kids. So I could see that. But like, you know, let them bitch other people and then just tell your mom, don't tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, weddings, people are going to get mad. Yep. And it's your day and you get to make the rules. Mm -hmm. You and whoever's paying for it get to make the rules. and. If you don't want them there, you don't want them there. It's going to be a mess. It's one more mouth to feed, one more person that somebody's going to have to look at. Yep. 
I meant look after, but look at works too. But yeah, you're not wrong. No, not at all. I would also say that's not a no kids wedding though. That's a direct, immediate family wedding. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. All right. That was quick. <laughs> Hi, I think I'm a homewrecker. This story is old, but want to know if I was wrong. So I was a broke 19-year-old college student. I had a regular sugar daddy. Let's just call him Johnny because he looked like Johnny Bravo, but with black hair. So Johnny would be my sugar daddy and send me money. A couple hundred didn't ask for much, but in exchange, I'd have to go on on dates with him, which I did not mind because that meant free food. Nothing sexual, which I was happy because I was 19 and he was 40. I had a white boy on my roster who actually fed me pasta and lobster. However, there's some stuff that was suspicious, like why he worked in the cities but wanted to go on dates that's like 40 minutes away. But I didn't question because he'd take me to expensive places. So I was like, oh, he's spoiling me. Wrong. I then get a call from him, but it ended up not being him. I answered, Hola, papi. And all I hear is, hello, who was this? I paused with confusion and said, huh? I then hear a woman scream at me, hello, I want to know who you are and why you are fucking my husband. (laughs) I quickly put two and two together, realizing Johnny was cheating. I was the other woman. I didn't even see a ring on his finger. His grinder bio even said, single. I panicked and started speaking in Portuguese, which didn't matter because she then said, oh, you're a man, and hangs up. I really need to tone for that. Like, in what way? Do you want me to take it back? No, 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 no. Not for you. You did, did a wonderful delivery. There are just so many options. Thank you. Oh, you're a man. Oh, you're a man? Oh, you're a man. And hangs up. I then blocked Johnny. It's been 10 years. And now that someone's latest controversial affair, it's got me And now that someone's latest controversial affair, it got me thinking, am I wrong for not asking about his marital status? P.S. I'm sensitive. I don't think that you're wrong because they put in their bio that they were single. I also don't think you're wrong because it's a this was a transactional relationship. And some might even call this a business relationship. And I'm one of those people who would call this a business relationship because... You provided the service of companionship and they paid for it. He was feeding a hungry college student. Mm-hmm. A broke. Yeah. like Hungry college student. Pasta he might have lobster. written that off on his taxes. Like, you know, volunteer hours mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah, but... With the information you were given, you thought he was single. That's not on you. That's on him. Yes. And I strongly believe that, you know, with a bit of... We should all be doing some recon on the people we are dating. This was a was a business transaction. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes to things that, like, you know, that you're, like, legitimately dating someone and there is... It's not a transactional sort of thing and the power there's not a power imbalance like it is here you it is on you to do your due diligence to you know 
check their socials, check their dating profiles, like all of that kind of stuff, you know, just should just know, like, you know, look at that stuff in general, not necessarily to find out if they're married. I don't think you should automatically assume everyone is married. But the only time I think that it's like, oh, well, I didn't ask. And then that would be like, well, you should have asked. It's like, if you have blinders on, if it's like everything is pointing to the fact that like you're married and like, I'm not looking up online. I'm refusing to look up all this stuff. Like you're not giving me your social handle. So I'm not even going to try and look you up. And I'm cool being totally in the dark, not knowing anything about you. Then I think when it's like, well, that's on, that's on them. I'm like, well, (laughs) you knew something was up and you just didn't dig. The only thing I think you're wrong about is that you should have asked for more money. I 100% agree. And I'm just chalking it up to being 19. When you're 19, that is a lot of yeah. money. But still, you could have got your whole tuition paid for. Or at least part of it. Mm-hmm. Groceries for the week. Whatever you needed so you didn't have to eat. Cafeteria food. A gift card, if you will. Yeah, even like a Starbucks one where it just like keeps like refilling mm-hmm. that on there. But we know better now. Yeah. You know better, you do better. And I would just like you to like channel... The fact that this man was 40, you were 19. That's quite a large age gap, but you were getting paid. So if that happened to cross your life instance again, I do think a a good uh, requirement is once we get into very large age gaps, I think, and I've said this, and I've always said this, don't date old men for free. Mm-hmm. Don't date old men for free. Mm-hmm. And if you're old and you're dating an old man, that still applies. If you're young and you're dating an old man. 50 and you're dating somebody 70. Still applies. Yep. Still applies. Because if I'm 50 and you're 70, you've been putting money in that Roth IRA for a long time. You've seen the world. Show me the world. Well, well, well. We've come to the end of this segment. And now we're going to take a little break and then we'll be back with our final segment. So I want to get back on random news. I love random news. So the Australian police are investigating this thing where at least 65 women have received used condoms. Well, some of them were used, but condoms in the mail. Huh? And the thing is, is that they all went to... The city's Kilbreda College private school in 1999. So they're all connected. And the condoms are being sent to their then addresses. So some are just getting to their parents and or like the people that are living there now. So the victims, they get a letter in the mail. They open it. There's a handwritten note for some of them. They're trying to track down the predator. I mean, it's pretty gross. And the letters that are written are, they didn't, they haven't released, at least from what I found, anything that has the exact letters, but they're suggestive, threatening, and of course, sexualized. And so the police let out a, a message that said, You need to stop this and we'll find you. 
Cleo. They also said, we don't know what the connection is to the school. It might be an ex-student, an ex-employee. It could be someone who just found the yearbook in the rubbish and they're playing a game. But this is not a game that needs to be played because what? Who wins? No it's one. It's expensive. It's disgusting. Yeah, but like, I don't know much about like, you know, sexual crimes, but as someone who received a digital flashers, like I had like deep dove into like, well, what's the gratification there? Because for a lot of the time it's like the unsuspecting shock and all of that but it's like people responding immediately but you don't even respond immediately to that like it's just one of the uh gals that their mothers received the letter said that her reaction was quite shocked and upset she was really grossed out and her and dad were worried thinking someone was targeting me the same person her name is brie said that the similar complaint snowballed and she soon formed a facebook messenger group among the fellow uh, alumna. It seemed to be every day or two or more, a girl would say, I've got one. It's beyond a joke now. We just wanted to stop. One of the girls has received four letters and she's just over it. We've got no idea who it could be. No one can seem to find a connection. We can't think of anybody who has grudges against us. And so the police have urged the person to come forth because they are running DNA analysis. And the school is also um, assisting with the information. So they also don't believe that it is due to any like recent data breach at the school. So my question, they said something, it may be like a yearbook. So like it would be like they looked up their the names and then went to like the phone or google mm-hmm. and then sent them yes or is it their addresses on file in their a- addresses aren't in the book yes that's what i'm assuming so then i would think they're saying it's not a data breach but i would assume it would be like in an archive like printed out or something that has because with the internet and everything like you would look up these people like they don't even make paper phone books now unless you went to an old ass phone book and then you referenced by last name or I don't know if this could be the case but it wasn't meant because it wasn't mentioned but back when I was I don't know if you had it in elementary school and high school or uh-huh. whatever actually I think it stopped trees? it was in a phone tree but they had a directory with everybody's names and information mm-hmm. in it addresses and stuff but yeah wouldn't that be if it's a college it's a it was a private school. Oh, I thought you said college. That's the name of it. Oh, you're right. You know, no, that makes okay. But you said if yeah, it is Kilbreda's College Private School, Girls School school. So I don't know if it's like a But it's been years since they went yeah, there. It was in nineteen ninety nine is where Yeah. So to me that's like this person got a hold of either they were a classmate and they have one of those things that you're saying like a But it is a all girls school, so yeah, no, but a class they would have had access to a classmate who had the same thing. And also, it doesn't have to necessarily be the person who's doing it, who's yeah, sending it. That's true. And did they DNA test it that it's like, it's real? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just know the true crime community is like going wild for this. It's absolutely wild. That's disgusting. That's so gross. I've never heard of anything like that before. Me either. I've heard of people like saying potatoes in the mail as a joke, but not this. It takes it to a different level. It's a lot of effort to torment people, but without any like of the follow through of making sure it ends up as a people who you want it to 
it's like to me that just says like it's about the act of doing it not who's receiving it or what but it is very targeted yeah to a but, specific group of people but also not even enough that you're sending it to them it's like going to their parent but i guess mm-hmm. that, i mean that is still traumatizing to them too mm-hmm. gross awful mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from moonpig Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right. So mine has a, a, a content warning of sexual harassment they fitting. Both do. Yeah. So both of us. I am deep diving mm-hmm. into my current hyperfixation, which I have not had something that has sucked me in since the scandal. And I want everyone to know that this is about book talk vis-a-vis Kara Lewis and also the Seattle Kraken and hockey (laughs) as a sport and as a means of entertainment. So I first want to say that I got the best information through all of this in the most thorough way from TikToker Mari, which is my name is Mari, M-A-R-I-N-E-S, Marines, Mari, M-A-R-I-N-E-S. So please reference, sorry, the sound was on. Please reference her stuff if you want to like look back there and I want to give like all of the credit. That's where I did most of my research from. I watched so many videos. Hers was by far the most thorough and she has really great takes and has been responding to comments in a way that I think continues the conversation in a really good way. So this involves Kara Lewis, the Seattle Kraken, and then Felicia and Alex Wenberg. 
Kara has over a million followers on TikTok and her specific niche is book talk. But what she kind of became known for or got her a lot of followers and attention was her book talk and hockey crossover content. Also should be noted that hockey is a very hard word for me me to spell. I just keep forgetting the C. (laughs) So I keep wanting to say hokey. So sidebar, I want to say that this was a journey of drama for me because about like three months ago or something, I remember people I follow who I know are big readers and are in book talk were making content talking about the hockey of book talk. Like, oh, like, oh, I keep seeing hockey boys. It's like, oh, it's because of the hockey books, hockey books. And it felt like such a micro, micro niche of a niche to me that I couldn't, did not assume that this was a, a very large thing. But a couple months ago, I guess this is when I was seeing this kind of hockey, seeing people talk about hockey stuff, they were describing their for you pages, which I'm about to get into, which was what all of this was. And it's because pretty much every once in a while, every couple months, there is like a new popular, quote unquote, spicy book that everyone's talking about on Book Talk. And at the time, it was a hockey themed book. So this started for Kira when she read, I'm going to say it to the straight face. Um, it's a book by Emily Rath called Pucking Around. The sequel includes. That one night, pucking ever after, pucking around. That was going to be two pucks, one goal. Well, I think there's about a bajillion books and she's continuing writing them. And it's the subtitle is pucking around a Jacksonville Rays hockey book, which I don't think those are real. So I think that's why she can say that. And this is a why choose book, a.k.a. A thruple with the team, hockey doctor, two players, and the equipment guy. Why would you have to choose which partner you want? It's you can have lots of them. So the main character is the team doctor. Mm-hmm. Then she is in a thruple. No, she's not a thruple because there's four of them with two players and the equipment guy. I'm sure there's a more official term for that. So equipment manager. Th- yeah. Um, so in April, Kara made a video uh, with like a meet the hottest men in hockey, which is a slideshow of, you guessed it, hot hockey players. So they spanned a bunch of different teams, but she specifically gets into the Seattle Kraken, say, citing that like she likes them because they're like the hottest guys. So she starts making videos of her watching the games, which are a lot of like the green screen react videos where the video is playing behind her and she's in the little like floating head bobbling around. Um, and she's just sexualizing the players. So the one that like, has been the constant through line through all of this is these specific warm-up videos of them stretching on the ice and they're stretching their hips. There's doing a frog. Yeah. And like, that is a stretch that like, you know, if I have to do and you feel at the gym, you feel uncomfortable doing it. You like, don't want to be facing anyone. You like, don't like, you know, it's a sexualized (laughs) stretch that, you know, regardless if you're a man in hockey or a woman at the gym, like, you know, so these are not like thirst trap videos that she's reacting. These are like someone zooming in this, you know, filming the practice and then she's focusing on this specific thing happening. So the music that are used in the background of those are like, make me feel like I'm the only girl in the world. And the some of her commentary is, I'm drooling, the faster the better. Who would have thought this would have turned me on? Oh yeah, nice and slow. Alex Weinberg, baby, I may not got five holes, but I got three. And you're so good at assisting. Why don't you assist your teammates in scoring all three of my holes? And as she does that, she's filming herself. She holds the camera up and she opens her legs to like, she's wearing leggings, but she goes from just being like, this is her face to being like, want to make sure you see wide shot. And I'm 
demonstrating that I'm opening my legs and indicating what the holes mean. And then she says his face screams, sit on me, what I wouldn't do to have this man glide on me. And then she does a play on words with crack in and crack my bad back, crack my back to break this back. And then she starts chanting at the TV, crack my back. These are a ton of videos. It's not just one. There's a bunch of them. And these videos blow up because again, this book is blowing up at the same time. And her, all the comments in her videos are people saying like, oh my God, you got me into hockey. Like the, now I'm going to read these like hockey smut books. Like I love this. Like, oh, I'm a big fan of the Kraken now, which are one of the like more recent teams. And like, oh, I love Alex. I just followed him on Instagram. Great, great, amazing. And a ton of people are tagging the Seattle Kraken in the comments. So eventually they start like responding to her comments, interacting, being like, oh, like love, like we love book talk. The and Kraken. Yeah. So the team account starts responding in that. And the Kraken social media account basically starts making player fan cams. And they posted a video, the Seattle Kraken, saying the Seattle Kraken accidentally became a book talk account. And this is where it's hard to kind of talk about exactly what happened because the Seattle Kraken has since deleted all of this stuff. And I don't ever want to downplay workplace sexual harassment coming from your employer. Like, I'm sure everything like is very... Un- what they did was like very uncomfortable and shitty. I also do think there is a slight chance that not everybody who worked there did their due diligence, which is an issue. But I don't know that they all did their research and knew what the book on Book Talk was and like what this was about. And if I was her and I saw them interacting with me, I would be embarrassed because I know what the book is about. And I wouldn't take them being like, ha we love book top. My automatic thing is, oh, they definitely don't know what this book is about. As opposed to being like, this is them co-signing this. Like, so I do think that the Seattle Kraken is obviously at, at fault for participating in it. But I do not think that we can say, or that she can say like, well, they participated. So I had, how would I have known this wasn't okay? Because <laughs> I'm like, there's no way that you thought that this was cool. And even if the social media person knew, like, did everybody like, no, and mm, no. So the videos that they've posted from the ones that I've seen, again, these have all been deleted, but there's more that have been deleted. Most of them have been using like the TikTok sounds that you'll have, like, uh, like here comes the boy, like Mm -hmm. things that aren't used in inherently sexual ways. So I just want to what they posted was also like not okay. And it's very player centric. But I do think it's important to have the distinction of her content is explicitly sexual. Theirs contextually is sexual, but in no way should their content have made her go, mine is fine. They're not, the, they're not the same. I do think they're being used in an exploitative way in the exact same way. But I think like like reasoning there from her perspective, they're not making slow-mo thirst traps zooming in on their asses saying, put that in my hole. Yeah. So a lot of them are walkout style videos, like, you know, players coming in there. And that's a very popular thing on TikTok. So they're not what I would personally consider thirst traps alone. But again, in the context of what is being made from other accounts that they're interacting with, they're giving content to people who are not being responsible with it and whether they're recognizing that or not or everyone's recognizing that or not um it i don't think either co-signs the other one Mm -hmm. so the kraken invites her to a game and they give her a book talk jersey so it says book talk on the back and she brings two signs which she makes a tiktok about saying crack my back 
And then one that she said is a poem that came to her in a dream. Vince, 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 break my back, 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 make it crack, crack, crack till my eyes roll back, back, back. She then films herself screaming front row during the warmups and they're doing the exact same warmups that she had reacted to in the earlier TikToks. And then to player 21, as she's right behind him, she says, 20, she screams, 21, can you do something for me? She films Alex. Damn, I'm trying to get in between his legs or right in between my legs as he's skating by. Films so much of the, again, the one specific hip warm-up keeps saying, yeah, yeah, I like that. It's like heaven. They're all on their knees right now. My kitty isn't used to being around this many fine men. I'm so gross. I know. And she just keeps making content like this. You know, she's been at games. She's watching on TV. She's reacting to like professional videos of them, hockey, whatever. And she's being awarded for it. Y- yes, in 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 that sense, if that's what, which again, I think there's a lot of cognitive dissonance you'd have to do if you were her to think that, that you'd have to ignore the fact that like the social like norms here in a business that businesses in general don't really engage with sexualized content. I know, but they're giving her tickets and no that with that part one hundred percent a jersey exalting it. So she's like, "This is what they want." To- I I I totally under like see that like side of it for her, but I do think that like <laughs> that's what I said before. Like we should all be more embarrassed. And we should all have a little bit more shame. I once you have a business that you're talking about their players sexually like this, you should feel uncomfortable. You shouldn't feel. Like, okay, doing this, like you should then feel culpable in workplace sexual harassment then. Like if that's what this is, like my whole thing that I don't like that she's done is essentially been like, well, they made it seem like it was okay. And it's like, well, what they were doing, none of it was okay. So like if they were co-signing it, that that's also not okay, but it doesn't mean- Two wrongs don't make a right, but they're both gross, but they were rewarding her for what she was doing. And I think that it's like both out, both- origins of it aren't good either a you didn't do enough research to understand and you're just seeing numbers going up or you're not disclosing it to the other people who you're working with and you're kind of keeping it more to yourself if you're working on the social team or whatever or you're sharing it and you're feeling uncomfortable and having to continue do like whatever it is it's not good and none of it was necessary and she could have stopped this and the thing that makes me really upset is that kira started making this content. The Seattle Kraken didn't start making these videos until they saw how well her videos were doing. And it's at that point, I think like we've all made things that like, oh my God, like I've, we've made things like that. I think like as women, we've sexualized men in ways that are inappropriate. And like, I will admit that I've definitely done that. And I like look back to like some of the fucking comments. I like would like comment on Nick Jonas's Instagram pictures. I'm like, oh my God, Megan, you're such a, a, this is so creepy. Like, do not do this. Like you're, but I'm, like 19 years old and he's like 19 years old and there's a certain level of awareness that you 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 need to have and that a lot of people had an opportunity to have from the the get-go that they didn't so she keeps making all this content until they're out of the playoffs and then she stops and then around July 21st was her last cracking video and it was specifically about Vince Dunn. And then around the 28th of July, Felicia Winberg, who is Alex Winberg's wife, he is a player. She makes an Instagram story essentially asking people to think critically when they make comments about the players and how a lot have crossed the line into predatory and exploitative. She talks about the double standard and how as women in the workplace, we know what, it's feel, what it feels like to be put in uncomfortable positions and situations and we don't need to exploit people as a means of women's sexual liberation or empowerment, which is how a lot of the defending of this has gone on where it's like women are finally regaining their sexual, like their pride in their sexuality and 
and and sleeping around like all that it's like well no again with consent of people that doesn't mean that we harass other people right and she even says in this that she's like i understand that like you know there are girls who like <laughs> shoot their shot with my husband in his dms and like you know what i get it like i respect the hustle she was like that's totally fine that's something like i'm i know what i'm accustomed to but it's in person reactions of sexual harassment that are this has never happened this is new and this is because of what's happened and she specifically references you know, book talk and the nature of this. And again, literally all she asks people to do is like think critically and remember that there are people here and families. So all of this text she's written on a screenshot of a screenshot of one of the stretches that they do, similar videos that she's posted and Kara's posted with most of the info blocked out. And you can tell that the person who posted it though is an author who is talking about storylines of their book that they've based on Alex Wenberg. Then the next slide has a screenshot of Kiara's comment section on one of her videos. It doesn't have her her caption, nor her replies or any of the text on screen of her video. The only thing that it is showing, and it's highlighting a comment that is from someone, it's just from an account saying, quote, in quotes, the score in all three of my holes took me out with a bunch of emojis. And then it also shows that Kara liked it as said in the video. She said that she understands that people find him attractive, they'll shoot their shot, but we can't normalize harassment or this inappropriate behavior towards any gender. And then she ends it with no hate on the book talk community and just ask for people to think twice before making comments and videos screaming, crack my back to humans with feelings. So Kiara saw the post and reached out to Felicia in DMs and she didn't get a response. So then she made a bunch of videos about it. And so she goes on a live, calls Felicia a delusional bitch and says that she's just the wife and all the comments are saying she's trying to be the main character. And then Kara and encourages uh, her fans to speculate and starts rumors that Alex must be cheating on Felicia and that's why she's so insecure. What? Mm-hmm. See, I didn't know any Imagine of calling a wife, telling the wife you're trying to be a main character. I'm like, you're, you're not even a character but in the it's story. It's not even, they're fictionalizing real life. That's what I mean. Life. I'm just like, you think that you're the main character in your life. This is real life. And these people are not, you know, that's not how this fucking works. So the Kraken then unfollowed Kara, deleted all of their content about it, which really upset Kara because she said she felt encouraged by them to keep making this content. And then she said she felt singled out by Felicia when she said she wasn't the only one making this content, which I personally find <laughs> very rich um, because she also kind of claims that she brought the Kraken and Alex all this attention and they never would have been a popular without her. And she like pioneered, again, she's implying that she kind of pioneered the the success of the book talk hockey crossover and that she was the, the person really leading this trend on book talk and they should essentially be thanking her, aka kind of attributing the, the, the whole trend and success to her while then simultaneously saying that it wasn't just her or that she like wasn't a big player at all and like she was like a nobody in any of this. But the thing that really pissed me off about one of Kara's response videos is she boils it down to saying that these are just like Facebook people coming onto TikTok wanting us to take this app seriously when it's not that serious. This is an app where we just have fun and we don't take things seriously. So very much being like, oh my God, it's just a joke. This is an app where these quote unquote jokes don't fly other places, but they should be fine here. And they're never okay. And also sexual harassment is serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, that, that is always going to be serious. She goes to voice her frustration at the fact that the same girlfriends and wives who used to be okay with said content are now revoking their consent. And I mean, I think regardless of that, you can revoke your consent at any time. Right. 
but they're finally, maybe they're finally okay voicing their discomfort. Or if we can look at the actual timing of it all, a lot of people's contracts are now in renegotiation. And so they are not bound under not being able to say something with, that could jeopardize their professional career. So, and when she's like, this is just so random. I'm like, it's not random. Like think of the timeline of this. How old is she? I would say like late 20s, early 30s, if that's it, or mid 20s. If so, I mean, I'd be curious. There's just some, oh, God, so dark. She doesn't give me, you know how like there's like a level of like <laughs> um, delusional, you can't touch me when you're young and you're talking about stuff. She doesn't give me that, but it could just be just not how I'm totally picking up on it. Maybe I'm just thinking she's far more confident than I would have been if I was in my young, early, early 20s. But also, other people probably wouldn't have said that about me anyway. So ultimately, Kara wanted Felicia to reach out privately, not publicly, um, which I think is incredibly ironic <laughs> because Kara uh, didn't get consent from Alex or any of the players or Felicia before posting all of these initial videos, yet she wants that from the people that she made uncomfortable. So she thinks that that should be addressed privately. And she specifically said, which fucking drove me crazy. She goes, you know, she sends this DM and then says, this is not going to be a verbatim, but, you know, like I had no idea that like this was something that like uh, upset you or whatever. Like if you just like let me know which ones I can take them down, but not just automatically taking them all down, putting the onus on her saying, this is obviously essentially very uncomfortable for you. And I sexually harassed your husband. So unless you respond, I'm just going to keep all the videos up. Like you can't fucking do that. So the message is she said, hi, this is a screenshot for my video. I never meant any harm. I never messaged him or anyone. Quote unquote, break my back was just a saying on TikTok. So naturally crack was said, but I am sorry. And will delete any and all videos if you'd like. I'm so confused on what's going on. I haven't made cracking videos since the playoff. I even stopped making videos about him when I found out he was married. I'm truly sorry. I never DM'd him or even followed your husband, but now it seems like I'm the new target and since my name is in your story. So basically she thinks the people who should be held accountable are the ones making the content of the Seattle Kraken, which a lot of the videos that she's also reacting to first, uh, they're not sexualized videos of players in that sense. So like she's adding a sexual nature to videos that are not inherently sexual, but she wants the culpability for essentially the videos the Kraken made afterwards to give her more to make. And then she was making more the, uh, you, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just like this symbiotic relationship essentially that she, again, <laughs> she started and, and she didn't have to do. And also Kraken didn't need to participate. So the thing that when she said that she like basically wants, it's the content that they put out gives me the same vibe as like, well, look what they're wearing kind of a thing. Like, well, what did you expect me to do with that content? I go, nothing like at all. Even if you made that initial video, the second that they started participating, and again, the way they're participating from what I've seen is nowhere near as sexual in nature as hers, which is either A, an intentional thing on their part because they're like, ooh, not that far. Or they're like, well, how can we make it so she'll, we know she'll make it sexual, but we can't make it sexual because whatever it is, like you don't have to do this. You're not getting paid to do this. Like this is th this is not something you're required to do whatsoever. And it, two things to be true. So the, some of the slow-mo videos they're making are inappropriate, but you also do not have to participate in that. So Kiara's fans have since flooded Felicia's comments on and on Instagram and her social media pages, following her there, commenting, crack my back on her pictures with her kids and her family. Kara, Felicia, and Alex all posted statements, and I'm not going to read them all. 
you can see, find them on, um, again, Mari's, who I referenced at the beginning. She has all of that included. But I think it's important to include the end of Alex's. So he said, the aggressive language of real life players is too much. It is turned into daily and weekly comments on our personal social me- on our personal social media. This is not something we want our child to grow up with. All we ask for is a little respect and common sense moving forward. We can all take a joke and funny comments, but when it turns personal and into something bigger that affects our family, we need to tell you that we have had enough. Enough of the sexual harassment and harassment of our character and our relationships. And I don't know who made this comment. I spent a fuck ton of time last night trying to figure out who said it in a video. So if anyone knows, please all credit to them. But it was the only person I heard say, you cannot revoke consent to workplace sexual harassment because you cannot consent to workplace sexual harassment which I thought was really great because a lot of the fucking discourse is people saying like, well, they're all wrong or Kara's wrong, but you know, the white blah, blah. And participating in that, you cannot consent to participating and laughing along in a joke about being sexualized in your workplace because you're at work. You are not in a place to consent. Therefore, you never consented in the first place and it cannot be revoked because it didn't exist to begin with. So I think it's a really flimsy argument for just like, well, I thought it was would have been fine. And again, like there's gray areas of like the kinds of jokes that you make with like your friends and people and all of that kind of stuff. But like that is not this. Right. Like, for example, how I started this with the hoochie daddy short thing. That is a joke that and is on real. Pe- they're not we're real people. We're just hypothetical people. That's a joke. These are real people who they have taken this sto- whatever's going on in the hockey book talk like book thing. They've you taken that. And put these real life, cast these real life people in those roles. Yeah. And we're going to get into that to my final little segment. So I thought I was goddamn fucking done. And then Emily Rath, the author of Pucking Around, made a 10 minute response video. And I think the last uh, 30 seconds are a nice apology. There is no mention of any of the players until then. There's no mention of a, a lot of it till then. It seems like she thinks that people are attributing this to her. It's very like uh, on defense of this, which I'm like, I, I I do think there is a a bit of responsibility, you know, there. She did mention, which I was not able to find. That's not saying that like she didn't do it. I just, it's hard to find stitches when people don't like, like title them stitch. That people kept tagging her in Seattle Kraken videos and she made a stitch asking like, please stop tagging me this. Like this kind of content makes me like super uncomfortable. And it was like, you know, somewhat sexualizing content like that. So the way that she described this that really pissed me off, though, she kept saying, you know, it's not about book talk. It's about one person. It's about the one percent. And they make jokes that don't land. Nope. Nope. No, no, no. That's not what that is. That's not what that is. And then it's a fandom issue. She also blames the social media team. And she keeps like, using this reference that like it's uh, she's like, you're, it's like a silo. You're stuck in a whirlpool and you look around and you think everybody else is doing the same thing as you. And you don't realize that everybody else all around is looking at you going like, that's absolutely fucking crazy which I do think that if that is the case, you have a responsibility to tell the people who are in there being inappropriate and using your book as essentially casting matter for that and like what has fueled their interest in this. It's not your responsibility that they've done this or your fault, but to then say, this is incredibly inappropriate. I am not okay with people who are fans of my book doing this. Like you you don't just completely disengage with this because this is your world. Like this is, these people are reading your books. They're paying your, like they're, participating in your livelihood. They're all of this. Like you can't just unplug from that in its entirety and say like, that's totally not my problem. It's not your responsibility, but I do think it's all of our problem. Like I think if we see anything happening like that, we need to say something. And 
she says that she's really embarrassed by their behavior, which I think is good. But again, she also talks about how like you go into the comment sections and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of all these people. And I'm like, but you keep referring to it as the 1%. Like you keep saying that there, these aren't, it's only a couple people ruining it for the masses. And then you also acknowledge that it's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people making these kinds of comments. And when you only say it's such a small thing there, it's A, I don't believe that that, that matters. You could have a hundred positive, let's sound like Lady Gaga. There can be a hundred people in the room and only one needs to believe in you. But like you could have a hundred positive interactions and one like of, of your coworkers and one coworker is sexually harassing you. And that, that doesn't mean that like, okay, well, it's just that, it's just the 1%. Like, no, no, that's, that's not just a bad interaction. Like that's a very, very, very bad thing that's not outweighed by like, well, other people are nice. So my issue though, is she really tries to separate herself from this. And then I get a deep dive on her account, but she duets the same warm-up videos that Kara does, but she doesn't say anything. So she just lets you fill in the blanks. There's one where she's un- she's like peeling a banana and then just says something like, oh, that's a really good warm-up and says it like totally straight face. And I'm like, you're being suggest, you are peeling, but this is supposed to be somewhat suggestive, but you're not being overt with this here. So you're separating yourself from her content and her behavior, but still doing things, but in a way that you think is, I think you think is just a little slicker and it's a little more subtle. So she also duets random people and hockey content from random people saying like, LOL, this would totally be Jake. This would totally be Caleb. Like characters in her book attributing traits or dynamics. There's like videos of like a girl with like two guys. And I do think she does a pretty good job of picking content that is clearly supposed to be thirst trappy. Like people are, you know, wanting engagement for sexy aspects of it. But even ones of like this, this one girl who's like really short and these two tall guys. And she like duets. She goes, everyone like, this is what my character Poppy's going to be like. You're going to love her. And on paper, that doesn't sound totally inherently sexual, but like the character, it's about a girl who's, you know, it's again, a wide shoes. She's with these two guys and they're all fucking her. And she's duetting. She's stitching this video of these real life random creators who are making a video together and saying that these are like my characters. And she also is engaging with people doing fan casting, which I think is fine if you're fan casting models and actors, not TikTokers, not random creators, not random hockey players you see. No, people who have people who have worked their studied their career, who it is a possibility that they will be playing someone other than them and put into situations that they're getting paid to act in a different way. Like not literal real life people. And she also duets teams reading chapters of her book, which is again, also very inappropriate. And to me, that's, you are rewarding teams making inappropriate and bad behavior while chastising the team and not Kiara in the videos. And I'm like, you cannot encourage the teams to to do this. Like if the teams are going to sexually exploit their players, it is on consumers and fans to not participate in that. They don't set the tone for what's okay because these are the people's fucking bosses. They do not decide what is or is not inappropriate for their employees. So my final thing with this was like, when you start interacting with real people, other people will do the same and think it's a fine thing to do because you are the author and therefore it becomes is a hierarchy. You have a lot of followers. Are you the person who write the content? Like, of course, you're going to be okay with, you're going to do what is like up to par. So the last thing was I ended up on a hockey wife's TikTok account where she reads some of these hockey books. And she'll like talk about ones that are, you know, popular, ones that are more accurate, ones that are not. And 
one of the ones that she talks about, and I think she even referenced this, but that a lot of the player names in a lot of these books end up being plays on real player names or changing one letter. So then you have people and they're active players who are currently playing in the NHL right now. And you have these books with the main character that is written. Their description is what they look like. Their name is essentially that. And so then you have these fucking people where you're essentially writing smut, fanfic, porn with real life people starring in them at their workplace. And you're writing about them a team doctor. First of all, that is a horrible team doctor if you are fucking your... It's just not okay at all. And the final thing I will say is I don't even know where this went into it, but one of the things that Felicia said that... I mean, everything she said has been like a hard stop, does not matter, does not consent, this is not okay, but that people will go up to her husband or will tell her, or she'll see in the comments, that they talk about masturbating with his jersey. And these people are real people. And not only are they real people, they're at work. And you as a viewer can go to their work and watch them at work. And it's not okay. Like, it's just so not fucking okay. And the whole thing makes me uh, irate because I think like we're really good at, you know, calling out corporate greed and like capitalism and like, oh my God, like anti-work, like fuck the system and all of that shit except when it benefits us in some way. And so we're able to have this like, you know, really smart take on uh, a lot of businesses fucking over employees and shit. But when it comes to watching them put their players online in a way that we find sexually attractive, we it's like, oh, thank you for the gift. Thank you for giving me these people, your employees on a silver platter in this video. This is clearly for me. And this is not obviously inappropriate for you to be doing as the employer. So I just have like a hard time with this. And I do think point blank, like I'm not, I mean, I read and wrote raunchy ass fucking fanfic when I was growing up. And like, when you write fanfic about fictional characters, those are not real people. Those are not real entities. When you write fanfic or sexual content about real people, you do not get to decide how other people consume that. And you do not get to decide how other people can compartmentalize that. And it is your responsibility. Yep. It is because those are real people. And it's not like, well, it's out of my hands. It goes, no, 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 because you didn't have to make it about a real person. Mm -hmm. And I think promoting your stuff, we talked about this on the Patreon. And I mean, if you were there, you were no. But there was one TikTok smut creator or spicy one who talked about one that was four, four hot dogs, one taco. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at their, their TikTok and we were all like, oh my God, wow. And I just want to say the way that she promotes her books is how everyone else should because you know what she's using? She's using like AI generated like of shirtless men. She's not using real people or interacting with real pe- She's interacting with her audience, but she's not roping in other, other content, uh, other people making content that is not related or engaging with people sexualizing strangers or other fucking civilians under the guise of her content or what she has created. So there's a way to do that. But I do not think that the way that a lot of these people, and I think like Emily Rath, like, again, she does not stand by what has happened. She's like, that is sexual harassment. I'm really not okay with that. And I do not think that she is responsible for for any of this. There are other hockey, like work, like hockey romance novels and all that. But I do think that 
the content that we make and especially professionals, like the content that you make makes other people feel like their content is okay. Yep. It really grosses me out. And I really hate to see people victim blaming and saying that like, you know, people could have handled it differently as if the situation didn't have to occur at all. Mm-hmm. So if the origin story is a result of one or two people, how other people respond to that is not a discussion. Right. Because it didn't have to happen. And she's 27. Yeah, too old. Yep. Too old for this. All right. That's it. That's it. I hope you all enjoyed. Tag us in some stuff that you want us to talk about. Don't tag us with other people, though. No. And ideally, if you want us to talk about something that's like, no one tags me in like Kara's videos, but like if you tag me in like someone talking about, like don't tag me in like the actual person. Yeah. And if there's only like 10 comments, don't tag me, send it to me. Well, if you would like to participate, don't forget that you can send us a message at butamirongpod at gmail.com. Once again, that's butamirongpod at gmail.com. Keep it to 300 words or less. Share pronouns if you like. Ages are required. And if you use character names, make sure they come from books. Ironically, if any of you do the fucking. I know all Caleb, Jake, and um, basic names. I know, but we'll 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 sidebar offline about the final one where I was like, finally, are we going to not get a mullet white boy hockey dude? And his name was Amari, and I was like, amazing. No, his name is Mars, and he looks like Chris Hemsworth. And I go, oh my god, all of them. All right. Um, thank you for listening. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram. Don't forget to vote in our Instagram polls. And I believe that's it. Absolutely fantastic. See you next time. Toodaloo-boo. We'll circle back. You got it. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.